Hey friends, welcome to The Drivecast, a daily podcast walking through the Bible to help us read it in, pray it up, and live it out. My name's Dan, and I serve as the teaching pastor for our Worthington campus. Today, we're looking at the book of Daniel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. I'll read the passage, and we'll get started. Daniel 2, starting in verse 1. In the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams that troubled him, and sleep departed him. So the king gave orders to summon the magicians, the mediums, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. When they came and stood before the king, he said to them, I have a dream, and I'm anxious to understand it. The Chaldeans spoke to the king, May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will give you the interpretation. The king replied to the Chaldeans, My word is final. If you don't tell me the dream and its interpretation, you will be torn limb from limb, and your houses will be made a garbage dump. But if you make known the dream and its interpretation to me, you'll receive gifts, a reward, and a great honor from me. So make the dream and its interpretation known to me. They will answer a second time, May the king tell the dream to his servants, and we will make known the interpretation. The king replied, I know for certain you are trying to gain some time because you see that my word is final. If you don't tell me the dream, there is one decree for you. You have conspired to tell me something false or fraudulent until the situation changes. So tell me the dream, and I will know that you can give me its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king, No one on earth can make known what the king requests. Consequently, no king, however great or powerful, has ever asked anything like this of any magician, medium, or Chaldean. What the king is asking is so difficult that no one can make it known to him except the gods, whose dwelling is not with mortals. This is a fascinating passage that we find ourselves in today. Daniel chapter 2 not only begins a new section in the book of Daniel, uh, one where it switches from the original Hebrew language to a new language, Aramaic, but this is one of the major scenes in the book of Daniel that is prophetic, meaning it is looking forward to something that happens in the future as Daniel begins to interpret this dream, which we'll look at next week from King Nebuchadnezzar. But what I find so interesting about this passage is that it brings us into sharp focus with the context that Daniel is in. This passage is like setting up this impossible situation that ultimately God himself will be the only one who can satisfy. And what we find here is Daniel in the midst of a culture and society who does not know God, that does not follow God, very hostile to the claims of the Jewish God of the Old Testament, Yahweh. And yet it's going to set up the situation where he is the only one who could possibly answer the king's demands. And it's this picture for a moment that uh, we see of two clashing kingdoms got to understand that for the Babylonians, King Nebuchadnezzar was not just a king. He was worshipped as more than a king. He was seen in uh, the eyes of the people as like a god to them. 
And so when he makes this request, this is not the request of just some mortal person. This is the request that is coming on behalf of the gods through King Nebuchadnezzar. And it sets up this battle between the God of Daniel and the God of the Babylonians who's represented by Nebuchadnezzar here. And the tension point is who is going to be able to answer? Who is great enough? Who is powerful enough to do what is obviously impossible to do? You see, the king Nebuchadnezzar, he he knows what these magicians and uh, sorcerers are trying to do. They're, they're trying to get him to give a little bit of what this dream was about so that they can give a plausible interpretation. I think in many ways, this is the same thing that happens when people today seek out spiritual resources like uh, sorcerers or tarot card readers, which incidentally is on the rise in a city like Columbus. They're trying to give just a plausible interpretation to them to satisfy the king that he can move on and they can keep their jobs to the status quo. And the king says, no, I don't want just uh, your vague interpretation of what this might be. The only way I'll trust that you can actually interpret this dream for me is that you tell me what the dream is first. And the cards are absolutely, it's not even that they're stacked against Daniel. It's not that they're stacked against the people who are supposed to interpret this dream. It's that what the king is asking for is literally impossible. And it's in this moment of impossibility that we find God answering. That God responds that Yahweh alone is the one who is able to provide what this king is looking for. In other words, he is setting up this entire situation in such a way that it ultimately glorifies him when he gives the answer. Right here and now, in this moment, Daniel has to live in the tension of not knowing how this is going to play out. But what we will see is that God over and over again in the book of Daniel is portrayed as one who is Uh, abundantly faithful, who is unwavering in his promises to his people to preserve them, even when we, uh, his people, waver back and forth. And what we'll see in the subsequent weeks is that no matter what impossible situation we might find ourselves in, God will continue to show himself to be an unwavering one in his faithfulness to us. Let's take a moment to pray it up. We don't just want to reflect on the words of Daniel chapter 2, but we want to pray back some of these themes back to the Lord today. Let's take a moment and pray together. I will give us uh, some prayer prompts and allow you space to pray. Father, in this moment, we acknowledge that we may be driving in, we may be entering into a season or a situation that from our vantage point feels like an impossible, no-win situation. Maybe it's a relational conflict we have with a close friend, family member, or something going on at work that we just see no way out of. Lord, today, remind us that what seems impossible from our vantage point is not from yours. Father, help us to fix all of our attention, 
all of our affection, all of our hope on you as the one who is able to work all things together for good for those who love you. Help us not to just say that and repeat those words from Romans 8.28, but to truly believe the things that we say we believe. To experience your goodness that you are able to work out any type of impossible situation from our vantage point. You are able to work all of these kinds of things out for good. Help us to trust and come back to that reality day in and day out. And finally, let's take a moment to talk about living this out. We don't want to be hearers of the word only. We want to be doers of the word. And in this short section, in the first 11 verses of Daniel, what we are reminded of uh, is that there is an impossible situation that Daniel is about to face. We don't see the conclusion yet. We'll see that next week. But today, let's let our first response not be to problem solve in our own impossible situations, but to quickly call to mind that we bring these things before our God, who is able to work all of these things out. So friend, wherever you are today, whether you're driving into work, whether you're uh, pausing on your way uh, back home or reflecting at the end of the day, let this be a prompt to bring whatever care you have, whatever concern, whatever burden, whatever is weighing on you that feels like an impossible thing for you to solve. God is not the last resort. He is our first solution. So let's go and bring these things before him. Thanks for tuning into the Drivecast, and we'll see you back next week.